Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 199, the Mike Vrabel hates his life of sodes. That one comes via our guy Rocky Top TN Titan at Rocky Top TN Titan. Uh, pretty fitting for this week's episode, and I'm sure you all know why, but uh, we'll get into it here in a little bit. Plus, we're going to be joined by our guy Will Bowling. 104.5 The Zone. Got a great discussion with him and uh, that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, a very, uh, I would say, poignant conversation. A very uh, conver- uh, good conversation about uh, Mike Brable's future, what to do with Will Levis in the final week of the season. And there is some discourse, but it's good discourse. So uh, that's how I will tease that. Trust me, uh, a lot of fun to be had with Will. But before we get into any of that, from this week's sewed or anything. First, we got to get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. And if you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, this is the place for you. They'll get it all fixed. You get one life. You might as well live it as comfortably as possible. Relax the Back will help you do that with a variety of chairs, such as the X chair. They've got office chairs that are amazing. They've got massage chairs, zero-gravity chairs. They've also got sleep technology, such as Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to make sure you're getting your deep sleep. Those eight hours are so important for a functional day of work when you wake up. So go to the Relax the Back team. Make sure you're waking up and feeling great every day. Go check out what they have in their showroom at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right next to Hillsborough High School in that Green Hills area. If you're unable to get there in person and you can't lay on their beds and try out their pillows and get your free massage in the massage chair or a foot massager, which they also have, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train of coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking What is up, Playmates? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is January 3rd, 2023, and I'm only calling it that in honor of King Henry, who I'm hoping will not be playing his final game in two-tone blue this Sunday, but... I'm not taking anything for granted. If you are a Titans fan, I hope you pack Nissan Coliseum and give him the loudest ovation he has heard since the he returned to the Cincinnati Divisional Round playoff game. But, with all that said, stop me if you've heard this one before. The Tennessee Titans lost. Stop. Okay. All right. I, I didn't. I didn't mean necessarily mean that literally, but I'll, I'll continue. The Tennessee Titans lost a divisional game. Stop. Okay. All right. 
The Tennessee Titans lost a divisional game on the road. Stop. All right. Okay, this is going to be we're going to be we're going to be here for a while, I feel like. <clears throat> okay. The Tennessee Titans lost a divisional game on the road in which their starting quarterback was lost for the game. Stop. Okay. All right. This is uh okay. be a long I'm going to get I, I got to get through this one quickly, I guess. The Tennessee Titans lost a divisional game on the road in which their starting quarterback was lost for the game and saw Colton Dow tear his ACL. Huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got me on gotcha. that one, actually. Got you on that one, huh? Uh, yeah, Colton Dow's lost for the season. I'm pretty sure. Was that the first game he played in this season, it feels like? No, I he's been a, he, I mean, he's been a solid special teams guy. Um, I don't want to hear uh, that. I, this, I, this season's been yes. bad enough. If, if your seventh-round draft pick out of Tennessee Martin is getting solid playing time outside of special teams. I don't, I look, Jack, I don't want to hear that. This season's been bad enough. All right. No, look, we wish Colton Dow the best. Hope he, hope he gets healthy Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. He, is, he could look, have an NWI trajectory. You never know. And he's a Wilson Central High School alumnus. So, I mean, he's a Tennessee boy. We got to no be pulling Wilson for this Central, Central High. Who, what is their mascot? Are they the Wildcats? Yeah, they're the God Wildcats. Bless, God bless and go Bruins. Uh, all right, um, Jack. I I mean, like, I don't know what, what to say. I That was part of me, like, wants to just kind of sleepwalk through this episode, much like the Tennessee Titans sleptwalk through the game on Sunday. Like that, 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 that was a not, not just a, a loss. I We've seen a lot of losses this year. It was pathetic. It was it was just like they were just phoning it in. Um, you know, really wasting my time on a Sunday when I could be getting things done around the house. That's one of the good things that I, I look forward to when the football season ends is like, I'm more productive on the weekends. I'm not just sitting around watching football. Um, and the season is coming to an end sooner for the Titans fans, uh, than, than most, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just didn't I didn't like what I saw. And that to me was like very frustrating because look, we've said a lot about Mike Vrabel this season and the performance, his his job review. The Bunsen burner is still very much on, just for the record. But I I don't think there's been a game this season where we could say, oh, the Titans looked lifeless from start to finish. Now, I mean like the Cleveland Browns game, the offense didn't do much, but the defense at least yeah. played hard for most of that game. And Even in London, they woke up in the second half. Right, right, right. Like, it, it, you know, you could blame that all to jet lag. The Tampa Bay uh, game was bad. I'll say the Tampa Bay game looked a lot like the Houston game. Yeah. Man, geez, there's a lot of games where the Titans did not put up a touchdown, isn't you there? You shouldn't get off the bus. <laughs> and that's frustrating, right, going up against the Texans? Because heading into that game, I thought that there were motivational factors the Titans would be – you, you, that would be top of mind for the Titans. Amy Adams Strunk, yeah. move the franchise from Houston to Nashville. You would think that would be a motivational edge. After the Texans beat you while you were wearing Oilers threads, you would think there would be some revenge on the Titans' mind. Some, you know what? Yeah. Sure, you, you, you came back and you got lucky in the second half with Case Keenum. It's not happening again. Then you have the first chapter in the Will Levis versus C.J. Stroud saga. Yeah. Turns out, you know, Levis goes leaves after the first quarter, but... When Tannehill came in, the guys, it felt like they gave up a little bit on offense. 
on on offense, on the defensive side of the ball wasn't much better. And and it's just like the defense tries though from week in, week in, week out, the defense gives it their all. They may not have the personnel. Well, so, so does the offense, a, a, according to uh, who was it? Was it Dylan Radens or, or no, 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 not Dylan Radens? Um, I forgive me for not not having Dylan Radens did a, did have a quote after the game. He said, "You know, it's not like we're not trying." Yeah, that so it was Radens. It was Radens. Uh, it, yeah, it, it 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 it's not like we're not trying. I don't want to hear that, honestly, as a Titans fan. I don't want to hear that you've been trying this whole time. If anything, it's easier pill to swallow for me to hear, like, yeah, we've been phoning it in all season. That's what I want to hear because if that was you trying, 5-11 and 11 was you trying, oh, my gosh, are we screwed. Yeah, and here's the full quote. He said, like I said, it's not like we're not trying. It's just very frustrating. There's no excuses for playing like this. Fans pay good money. I like the awareness. Maybe he gets some brownie points for for the fans' yeah, comment. No, that, that I do like that. Look, he he stuck the landing there. Yeah, but but at the same time, it's there's nothing that anyone can say after a game like that. Austin, I don't know about you. That was the first game this season, and Tampa was hard to watch. But that was the first game this season where I was uninterested. You know, because like it felt like the Titans were just waiting to get punched in the face. They got punched in the face, and they said, you know what? Screw getting up today. I'm just going to lay yeah. down. I'm going to take my beating, and I'm going to go out, get some water, get some training, or get some uh, treatment after this game, and we'll forget about it and move on to next week. Like It just felt like one of those games where they just weren't willing to pick themselves up off the mat. That game felt like guys were getting their hair cut during media sessions before the game. Come on, Jared Stillman. We're not going there, are we? Like, I mean, we can't seriously no, think that that's look, an issue. I, I, I don't look, I don't agree with, with Jared Stillman. And, and look, I think, I think guys, look, if, as long as you get your work done, you can, you can, you can do what you want, in my opinion. However, the Titans have not been getting their work done. So it's not a great look when your team is 5'11. I, I, look, I don't but care. Has. D-Hop hit a thousand yards in, in what was. A miserable season to be a wide receiver here. Uh, Agree. Look, D Hop has been fantastic this season. I've loved D Hop. I've sung D Hop's praises. I'm just saying, the optics of it all, you you need a little bit of that self awareness. You need a little bit of the self awareness of this team is crumbling around me, and I need to, as a leader on this team, need to put my best foot forward. And I and I don't know if. Putting and look, if they were if they were eleven and five, and he was getting his haircut during an interview, I don't think anyone would have said a word about it. But the it's, fact that the team is five yeah. and eleven, and you're allowing, you're opening up that door for people to say something about it, like the Jared Stillmans of the world. Now you can say what you want. We don't care about Jared Stillman's takes on this podcast. We care about Jared Stillman's dad's takes. But you exactly. know, you know, Jared Stillman's dad was clamoring oh, he about was, the haircut. He was fuming you about know. it. Oh, in my day, guys would go to the barber to get their haircut. They wouldn't bring the barber to them. That's probably yeah, what Jared Stillman Mr. Stillman, in your day, people were drinking in the locker room during the games and smoking That's cigarettes. That's a great point. Smoking cigs during halftime, right, Len Dawson? So you don't come to me, Mr. Stillman, with that BS. And we don't even know if he said it. We're just we're just putting things in Jared Stillman's I mean, I, 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 I'd say there's a 98%. Look, reckless speculation. Uh, I think there's a 98% chance that he's, he said it. Okay, I think that's fair. I will say this on the <laughs> D-Hop thing. I, I want to be clear. 
I do not think that this is a problem. I, I am totally fine with it. D-Hop is a leader in that locker room. However, I think that that was 11-5 and five behavior, not 5-11 and 11 well, behavior. And it, it's not, it's not, and it again, this is all, this is all, I'm going down a, a route that I don't want people to think that I side with. But when you get your haircut in the locker room during media availability, when your team is 5-11, and 11, or excuse me, at that point, 5-10, and 10, and then you go out and the team puts out a lifeless performance the way it has, it only looks worse. It's a worse look, and you're only opening that door even wider for the naysayers, as you will, as 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 we as we Lank. have learned this week. Yeah, Lank, let the all naysayers know um, that uh, it, it, it's not. It, it it just wasn't a good feeling on Sunday to watch this team just cash a paycheck, basically. To like it, it felt like there was very few guys, you know, in that game that were trying. And yeah. great, great. Frankly, th- that 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 to me does not bode well for Mike Vrabel. And we're going to get into a long discussion with about Mike Vrabel with with um, uh, Will Bowling coming up here in a bit. But I and I, again, I don't want people to think that I want Mike Vrabel fired. I don't. I don't want Mike Vrabel fired. Am I extremely critical? of Mike Vrabel on Twitter. Yes. And I, I do think that I do think that Mike Vrabel is kind of, at least in terms of the way the media covers this team. And you saw this a lot back in, in 2000, in the early two thousands, uh, late two thousands, when this team was kind of floundering and they weren't playing good football the media kind of handles the Titans with kid gloves. It's a, it's a very look. People in the South are extremely nice people, and I think that's that that is both a gift and a curse, especially when it comes to covering your favorite football team. People are very kind, and and no one is a like no one really. Yeah, but Paul Kaharski, the tough, guys in the media. tough question. No, yeah, no, Paul, guys in, the, in Titans media that do a great Paul, job. Paul does the best questions. job of. Paul does the best job out of any of them because Paul comes from that like New York state of mind of like, look, if you're, I'm going to call a spade a spade, but even, even, uh, Paul, I, I don't feel like is being as critical as, as possible when it comes to, uh, but you know, it's not their job know, when to it comes get to, on the, to the every little tiny thing, right? Like, I, I mean, it, it's, you gotta, you gotta kind of calculate, it's all gotta be calculated in the media because you don't, it, and you know, it's not like they're trying to coddle Rabel. But you also kind of are able to put things two and two together by yourself and realize, okay, like even though I could ask him, why is Tim Kelly's offense not working every single week? Like right. you got to mix it up, and it, there's a little more nuance to it. So I don't want to beat up on the media well, too much. Well, but I, I, I think this. I, I think the frustration. I think that my frustration stems from seeing a guy like Derrick Henry, who's been a leader on this team since, honestly, since Demarco Murray left town. He was like kind of stepped into that role, more of a silent leader, but a leader and leads by example. And when I saw the video of him post game, standing in front of his locker, answering questions from the media, that was the most lifeless I have ever seen him or quite frankly, anyone after a game. Like it was, you could, you could just read him like a book of how, just mundane and not, not that Derrick Henry is a very spirited guy to begin with, but he was so done. He was so checked out and it was just, 
I, I felt bad for him that if this is the last week we see of him in two-tone blue, which, gosh, I, I hope not. I am I am praying that they bring him back on a team-friendly one- or two-year deal. I think that would be the best case for everyone. Let him retire as a Titan because he, he deserves it, and he deserves to go out on a better front as a Titan if he is going to go gonna out It's going to be his choice, though, whether he wants it, to It will be. It, right, and, he, and the way I saw him in front of his locker on Sunday, he's I don't think he wants to come back. I, and, I think he's sick of it, and it's, that to me is like the, the most heartbreaking thing from what we witnessed on Sunday. As humans in the workforce, we've all done this. We're all guilty of doing this. You know how, you know, long days at work, you kind of start looking at the clock during that last hour, just kind of waiting for waiting for time yeah. to expire, waiting for five yes. o'clock to hit so you can get in the car and get the hell out of there. Right. It feels like that's kind of the attitude this Titans team has right now. They're just trying to, they're watching, they're waiting for that hour hand to strike five. They're waiting to get in their car, go home, see their family, make some dinner. Like, that's where we are in the season. And it's been loss after loss. It's been frustrating loss after frustrating loss. but. Mike Vrabel stepped to the podium today and showed some fire, which I appreciated. You know, you could say, well, it's too little too late, Jack. He should have had this attitude earlier in the season. I think he did. I think that it's just gotten so bad, and losing is a disease, Austin. It is cancerous. It is, there's a stench that comes with it that's hard to get rid of. And Mike Vrabel hadn't been to get rid of that over the last year and a half. But Gentry Estes asked him a question, not me. Um, a lot of people have been asking me if that was me asking that question. No, they do not let me in those rooms. Uh, are we sure about that, though? How can we be sure that it's not you? Because, well, first of all, let, let's play the clip here first right now. Because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Uh, Trey, you ever need to show you anything? Uh, Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Well, it, uh, it fucking sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. Yeah, I don't know, Jack. With his tone, that seems to me like he was aiming that directly at you. He said Gentry, and we all know people call you Gentry sometimes, as that is your last name. Yeah, um, it happens. I, how do we know that wasn't you? Um, well, I guess there's no way to know, but, you know, Gentry Estes, Tennessean writer, love Gentry Estes, Uncle Gentry Estes. Uncle does. Gentry Estes, yeah, he's an uncle. He is allowed in those meetings where I am not. A to Z only has a certain amount of credentials, and they certainly don't want me in there because I think the questions I'd ask Mike Vrabel is, you know, what's your what's your go-to order at Corner Pub? Um, you know, then the, the oh media God. doesn't could appreciate imagine, those questions. Could, could you imagine if you and I had credentials? Oh yeah, well we'd be like the, the question. We'd ask the if, Super Bowl question type of stuff. If, if you think, have fun if you, yeah, right. If you think Vrabel is annoyed having to get behind that podium after every loss, now imagine if he had to do so with Jack and I sitting in the crowd and with the ability to ask questions. Like people think, like, oh, Jared Stillman asks like really like dumb questions, and and then he'll get pissy about him. He would get so pissy. We would be we would get our credentials revoked. Probably before we could ask a follow-up. Hey, Mike Rabel, compare your offense to one of your favorite home appliances. Go. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike Rabel, Laurel or Yanni, what did you hear? 
Teresa Walker would slap our lips clean off our face, I think, if they let us in there, which is a good Mike, thing Mike, that they don't. Mike Vrabel, what's your favorite uh, era from Taylor Swift? Huh? Austin, we just lost 26-3 to to the Houston Texans. I don't want to talk about that BS right now. My, Mike Vrabel, the, all this week, uh, my dumb sports blog is hosting Jean-Claude Van Dammuary. What's your favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? <laughs> like, could you imagine him answering that after losing to the Texans 26-3? to <laughs> He would he would probably javel and throw you out of the press. Like, do you, think, do you think any part of him would be like, blood sport? like <laughs> <laughs> i hate that i haven't answered that question yeah it's like because uh, yeah, you know you know that would be one where he'd like oh, i want to answer that one so bad because he does you could tell he's watched some jean-claude van damme movies in his day you know he's probably like uh double team what <laughs> with dennis rodman that's your favorite? Okay, look, I'm not one to judge, Mike. To each his own, I guess. But Dennis Rodman, also a guy that the team was okay with, letting him do his own thing and then coming back to perform, right? He'd go to Las Vegas with Carmen Electra. Yeah, but Dennis so, Rodman never— get his haircuts. Den, no, Dennis Rodman never got a haircut during media availability. <laughs> he probably dyed his hair during the media He, he had a lot of leeway. A lot of leeway. Never got a haircut during media availability. I find that hard to believe. But anyways, it's nice to see Mike Vrabel have a little fire, and we'll talk to Bill Bowling about what he yeah. thought about that as well here coming up. I, I, I liked it because it was different. I think that's what I liked the most. And, and, and I feel like I've been stuck, and we've talked about this at length on this podcast. Coach but over the, over the last 23 weeks, I've, I've felt like I have been stuck in Groundhog's Day. I have been stuck in a just a perpetual, never-ending cycle uh, of – trying the same results over and over and expecting or trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And it's driven me insane. That is the literal definition of insanity. I feel like that is like, like just giving me something different because otherwise had he not have answered it that way, he would have given some short answer. And then, then he would have probably said something about like, you know, we, we just need to, we need to find a way to, you know, to execute better. We need to find a way to coach better. We need to find a way to play better. We need, you know, like, what do you mean you need to find a way, coach? Like, the season is almost done. What, like, I mean, what more is there to find? Out. There's no yeah, more sand like, in the hourglass. I, I, you know, like, yeah, is it, is it, is it too little too late? Probably. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like, even if they do win on Sunday, uh, which we'll talk about, uh, it would be nice for them to win, to knock the Jags out of playoff contention, just like they did to us last year. That would would feel really good, really redemptive in a way. While we're on this, let's get this out first. Oh, you want to go here? You want to go here now? Let's get this out first. Okay. All right. All right. I am all for finding a left tackle in this draft. And you need the best position possible in order to get the best player possible. With that being said, Uh-oh. I want to win this game on Sunday with all my heart. Wow. I, I like I, I I tried I tried the tank thing last week. It yeah. wasn't fun. It, it, yeah, it wasn't it's not fun. The tanking thing is not like I don't understand why people love the tank thing. It's not it's it's uh, not a fun so thing. Hard. And, and there's going to be fans that are listening and say, Jack, like uh, you're not a real fan or else you'd care about their success in the future. I understand all of that. But for me, I hate the Jacksonville Jaguars so much. Yeah. 
Breach, so breach. I cannot stand watching them prosper. The Titans have a chance to do something that's bigger than just knock Jacksonville out of the playoffs. It's going to make Jacksonville reconsider their position on Trevor Lawrence. It's going to make Jacksonville wonder whether or not they have the right coach in Doug Peterson. It could force Jacksonville's hand into making a huge mistake based on, you know, a prisoner of the moment loss and in, in an underwhelming season after winning a playoff game last year that they were lucky to win. Trevor Lawrence Ooh. threw four picks in that Ooh. playoff game. Jack, so I love this, this take. So if, if they lose to the Titans with a banged-up Trevor Lawrence, now I'm worried that Battleground Academy legend C.J. Beathard starts and pulls off pulls it off like he did last week against the Panthers. He's, he's 1-0. Yeah. But if Trevor Lawrence comes out there, lays an egg, and the Titans upset the Jags and knock them out of the playoffs, because they're, they're going to want to. This team's going to want to win this game on Sunday. I think that that could start a ripple, infe- a ripple effect in Jacksonville that could be felt for a decade. And Ooh. I want to see the Jags go back to turmoil, a, a win, a Titans win. And some of you are saying, well, Jack, you're getting too far ahead of yourself. They're not going to do all of this after a win. But they might. But they just might. And if Doug Peterson has a slow start to next year as the Jags head coach, maybe they pull that trigger early because of them not making the playoffs because they lost to the Titans in Week 18. A Titans team that has looked miserable at times this season. So am I pulling for the Titans to tank? Hell no. Do I want the Titans to beat the living shit out of the Jaguars? And ruin all their hopes and dreams? Absolutely yes. Oh my gosh. I am picking up what you are putting down. Jackton Kutcher is what I'm going to call you. Because you are going down a wormhole that is delivering a butterfly effect of negativity that will bestow (laughs) upon the county of Duval, Florida. I, to me, I love this. Because I agree with you. I think that if you prevent the Jaguars from getting to the playoffs this year. The NFL is all about a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. That's all it is. I mean, people have already forgotten the Titans, and they've only been out of the playoffs for one season. If if the Jaguars fail to make the playoffs, the Texans will probably, or, or maybe even the Colts, slide into that darling role. But the Colts is the Colts doing it with a backup quarterback, probably less so. But the Texans, for sure, if the Texans slide in, they'll probably slide into that darling role. Texans but are to fun. me, people talk about the uh, rising from the ashes that the Jaguars did last season, but people fail to admit that it was the only reason the Jaguars made the playoffs last year was because the Titans had a historic collapse. If you can somehow keep them from the playoffs, then yeah, then people do start wondering. Doug Peterson, he did the same thing in Philadelphia. Took a team to a Super Bowl, and the very next year, they were lousy. Jacksonville takes a Jacksonville team to the second round of the playoffs. Very next year, kind of lousy. Trevor Lawrence, is he the guy for the job? We don't know. We Maybe not. Let's maybe start thinking about who our future quarterback is because you around the division, you've got Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, all very prime rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is suddenly the old balls guy in the group. I low-key love this take because I agree with you that it can send a trickle effect to down, just down, like a downward spiral for the Jaguars. And we've always said, I've always said this, bad franchises usually stay bad. They'll have one one or two off years. But like, 
normally it trickles down from ownership down. And I'm not saying that Shad Khan is a bad owner, but I am saying that I do He's certainly think not an aware are, owner after watching one of his employees embezzle over $20 million from his organization. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very great point. And don't forget the rats in the concession stands. All I'm saying is I think that the Jaguars are one of those teams where it's like, yeah, they'll have an off year where they'll run to the, make a run to the AFC title game with Blake Bortles or the second round with Trevor Lawrence. But then they very quickly scamper back to their hole of mediocrity. And I think that the Jaguars, and again, this is pretty ironic coming from a Titans fan. I'll, I will admit, yes. But I do think that the Jaguars, the, if they lose and don't make the playoffs, that can have resounding effects for years to come for the Jaguars. And I, frankly, I'm here for it. I want to see the, my division rivals do poorly as much as I want to see the Titans do well. And on Sunday, you get a chance for both. You get a chance to see your Tennessee Titans win. Go go out on the season with on a high note, uh, which is uh, the bar is very low for that high note. But you also get a chance to see the Jaguars get kicked back to the curb. And that I do want to see. And I'm here for it. Jack, I love it. There is another side to this equation as well, because, you know, I hear a lot of the Tuppers yelling through their phones or their radios. Yeah, but what about the draft pick? The Titans are currently slotted to pick sixth on tankathon.com. If you don't follow tankathon after every single result on Sunday, I don't know what you're doing. I don't. I'm going to be honest, hand raised. I don't. I could care less about freaking draft position. I understand. But there's going to be people who say, you know what? I I don't want to win against Jacksonville because of the draft position. Well, I've got this to say. The Titans with a win, remember, they're currently picking six. The Titans, by winning this game, could only far as fall, uh, excuse me, could only fall as far as the eighth overall pick in the draft. So they've really got nothing to lose. Sure, they could jump a couple of spots if the Giants lose. I mean, excuse me, if the Giants win, or the Chargers win, or Arizona wins. But they just don't have a lot to lose by winning this game. In my opinion, there is more good to be had after a win this week yes. than there is yes. to worry about by falling yes. in the and draft. Maybe a why, spot like, or two. There, and I've, I've gone on this rant, I feel like, a number of times on this podcast. But, it, like, there's an epidemic in amongst football fans that Championship is – Championship Well, no, people think that, like – Oh hey, uh, yeah. If we're if we're not going to win the Super Bowl, we want the number one overall pick in the draft. Like to me, like the, the people think that getting the higher draft pick equates to immediate success for your team. That's that that couldn't be further from the truth. And just look at the franchises that have had high draft picks over the last ten years. The Jets are up there. The Browns are up there. How much success have they had? I mean, the Browns are this year, but only thanks to the on the backs of freaking the elite Joe Flacco. But like you understand my 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 drift. Whereas teams like the Chiefs just won their division for the eighth straight year. They haven't picked, I think, as low as I don't think they've picked higher than than twenty fourth over the last what probably eight nine years. Uh, on on furthermore, the the Patriots when they went on their long run, they never drafted higher than probably thirtieth. If we're being honest, the 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 yeah the Titans always pick around that middle of the pack. But I think that's and that's from that they've been kind of a a middle of the pack 
franchise. What what I don't understand is like why people think that like oh well if the Titans get the fifth pick rather than the eighth pick, that's that's going to do wonders for them because they'll get the guy that they want. No, to me, good franchises stay good. They it does they don't worry about draft positioning. Bad franchises worry about draft positioning, and they stay bad. It, it, it means no difference if you're picking fourth or if you're picking ninth. If you're a good team, you'll draft good players. If you're a bad team, you won't. And you're worried about that little number next to your draft pick. And to I, I just think it's I think it's idiotic and I think it's ridiculous for people to think, oh, Titans need to lose because then that will give them maybe the fifth fifth pick overall. Context is so important, and I, I like the direction you're heading in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you off each top eight draft pick the Titans have had since moving to Tennessee. Are you ready? Yeah. This just goes to show that you're not guaranteed to get a home run player by picking early in the draft. Corey Davis, fifth overall. Jack Conklin, eighth overall. Good player. Probably the best of any of these players I'm going to list, but didn't even make yeah. a second contract in Tennessee. It was the right move to let him go. He made more money, whatever. Mariota, Jake Locker, eight overall. Vince Young, third overall. Pac-Man, six overall. So these guys, just because you pick in this area does not mean it's a guaranteed hit. So I, I, I just, it's hard for me to pull for the tank. And with I this like, amount well, of evidence. And, and, and why, 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 why do you pull for a higher draft pick? So your team will win in the future. So then if you want your team to win in the future, why would you learn, not want your team to win in the present? Learn how that, to win that, now. That that's what I I just don't understand. I, I I it will always be beyond me, and I feel like teams are always looking. Well, okay, if we're not going to win a Super Bowl, let's tank. Let's call it. Um, but we, and, and which is exactly what I need to do right here. I need to call it. We need to get to our friends from BetMGM before we get to our buddy Will Bowling from 104.5 The Zone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First, online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9780. And now let's get the wall balling. Next to Ryan Seacrest, we are joined now by the busiest man in all of the world. Uh, He is, uh, you know him every weekday morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone, the morning show there. And uh, you you hear him doing play-by-play for Nashville SC. Um, I think he calls, uh, you call track um, for one of the, is it SEC Network? Uh, The American Track League, which last year was on Peacock. Yes. On Peacock. Look, he's on the cock, you guys. He is <laughs> Will Bowling. Will, how are you, man? I am great, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? 
doing doing really good. You know, uh, we were lamenting a little bit, be- well, not lamenting. We were actually uh, hyping each other up a little bit before we came on because, look, all of us fans of a college football team that won a bowl game. Hmm. Yeah, not- could you imagine what it's like to lose a, a football game in 2024? I cannot. Not- How embarrassing yeah. would that be to be an Alabama fan? Come oh on. my gosh! Yeah, jeez, Alabama, jeez. Hey, you're not doing anything to hold up the conference, Alabama. Yeah, come on. Jeez, making us look bad. I part of me doesn't ten. like chanting SEC, SEC, because I don't want Alabama to feel like they had any part of Missouri's right. win because they did nothing. All right, they. I uh, said, uh, I said on the show this morning actually with one of my buddies, Brian Rice in Knoxville, uh, Sports Radio WNML Sports Animals said, uh, "Conference pride is like rooting for the devil because he's also in the Bible." And, yeah, and that yeah, is yeah, yeah. that is the perfect way that I can describe it. So I, I want to send this time to I want to be one of the first to wish uh, uh, Michigan and Washington uh, uh, happy trails and and thank you for. I their will, service. yeah, I will, I will credit Tennessee fans because I do feel like Tennessee fans. Uh, and I've been this way. I don't know if other Mizzou fans are this way. I don't think they are, but te- I I I am on the same side as Tennessee fans when it comes to the fact that. This, like, I root for the disdain of all other SEC teams at all times. Bowl season, conference season. I want every SEC team to lose except for my alma mater. So, I and I do feel like Tennessee fans are are the same way where it's like Alabama last night. You know, most of the SEC is probably cheering for Alabama to win that game, to beat Michigan. Tennessee's like, no, screw that. (laughs) I hate Alabama. I will hate every SEC team, want them all to lose. It it helps us that we also you could tie some sort of rivalry from Tennessee to every team in the Southeastern Conference. Like genuinely, like there's something. Yeah. Like Austin, even with Missouri, there was Conzo yeah. Martin just being the coach at Missouri. Like yeah, the yeah, audacity right. for Missouri to hire a guy from the state who is you know somewhat a local and had yeah. been a pretty good basketball coach before. The audacity of you and your alma mater to do that to us <laughs> and, and things of that nature. It, so it's sickening, honestly. The the, the best Tennessee fans are the ones that just embrace it. Just embrace the fact that you are Bane. You are molded by the darkness, and others were simply you know adopted <laughs> it, and we were born right. in it. And that's right. that's just the way you got to live life. You barely adopted the doc. Oh my gosh, Bane is joining us live here on the podcast. <laughs> Bane's a recurring guest on this show. That's right. Um, I will say this last note on college football before we talk Titans. I thought it was great that Texas lost because the last thing you need is Texas to strut into the A or the SEC right. like they actually belong, right? They they need the they need the hazing process. They need to, you know, eat a little shit before they get in here. And if they had won a national title coming here, they 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 they'd feel holier than thou. They'd feel bigger than the SEC. You got to fall in line if you're Texas right now. That's right. They would want the Texas State flag over all of the other flags in the SEC. <laughs> and they already probably want that, but it would have been like there would have been there would be a Texas flag at every SEC home stadium yeah. if they got their way. As a fan of an alma mater who was once in a conference with Texas, yeah, you're, you hit the nail on the head. They right. they are the worst roommate to have in a conference. <laughs> they're, it is honestly absurd. It, they're like the roommate that has like the rich parents, and you can tell they're very spoiled. And if they don't get their way, they're going to pitch a fit. And uh, there's a reason there's a 15-yard penalty when you go horns down in a football game. It's because – Oh, so soft. Yeah, it's, it's so soft. And speaking of soft football, let's talk about some football that none of us want to talk about. I feel like we're all kind of delaying the inevitable. <laughs> we're all just like, hey, let's talk culture. Let's talk anything but the Tennessee Titans. But this is the Titan Up podcast, and I feel like we're uh, contractually obligated 
to uh, talk about the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll just start here because it's the most topical. It's the at least in terms of when we are recording this moments ago. Uh, at the point of recording this uh, conversation with Will Bowling of 104.5 The Zone, Mike Vrabel got a little hot, got a little hot in the pants, uh, was asked a question by Jack Gentry, uh, who was in the presser. <laughs> we got to get out in front of this because I've, I told Will before <laughs> you came into the picture here, Austin, that six people have already asked me about this. It's well, 2.15. It's time you Tuesday. fess up, Jack. It's time you and, fess up. You asked Vrabel a bad question, and Vrabel got high. Hey, I don't mind falling on the sword for Gentry Estes. He's a bowling partner at George Plaster's um, annual celebrity bowling event. Excellent. So Good people. I, I have no problem taking a bullet for Gentry Estes. So, uh, so, and Mike Vrabel got very pissed, but he, like, showed emotion. It was, like, the first time in now 17 weeks, uh, or, you know what, no, I'll even say in 20 20- Three weeks of really just losing, being five and eighteen in those twenty-three weeks, showing emotion that he doesn't like losing. Not not to say that I, anyone ever believes that he did or that he's not a competitor. Obviously, he he's got that fire inside of him, but has been kind of um, reluctant to show it in pressers, in on the sidelines, even. And we saw a little bit of that on. Uh, during the presser today. So, Will, I, I guess I'll just ask you, what was your immediate take when you saw that? Honestly, I, I go back to John Robinson, tearful at the NFL Combine. <laughs> and to me, this is Mike Vrabel's crying at the Combine moment. So because, he's going to be fired very soon, I guess is what I you're saying. Not. I mean, I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the Vrabel needs to be kept around camp, uh, certainly. But it, when you go back to that moment, you do kind of remember the thought of like, huh, we don't really get that from John much. What's going on here? You know, right, like th- right. this was, this got so bad and they squandered such a great opportunity to go to a Super Bowl or to at least host an AFC championship game that we are now in uncharted territory. I think for Mike Vrabel now, it's confirmation of what we knew that everything about the last year plus for him has been uncharted territory. And, and at no point in his NFL playing career, when you're, you know, splitting a locker room with Tom Brady when you come here and you're immediately more successful than the guy before you and you're bringing this organization to places that it has not been in some time. At no point has he had to elicit a response like this. At no point has there been, you know, cause to show maybe the real Mike Vrabel and not the one that we hear at press conferences. Because honestly, guys, if we could sit down in Mike Vrabel's office and talk to him off the record or even just say, all right, let's put aside press conference Mike Vrabel for five minutes and let's get real Mike Vrabel, we would all probably genuinely enjoy that conversation and about half of it would probably be safe for an FCC radio show or or television program, right? Like the guy is not just a a meathead that is just, you know, spewing, you know, me run football, tackle hard, sack quarterback. Like when you get to really dig into Mike Vrabel, there's, there's some depth there. He just doesn't care to show us. Uh, very often. I, I think that's maybe the difference between maybe the crying John Robinson and the, you know, losing effing sucks, Mike Vrabel. But to me, that is the the first response I have is, okay, this can go one or two directions now. Th- this can go the direction that went with John Robinson where, hey, this is Mike Vrabel's last stand. You're getting emotion. You're getting a guy that is, you know, back against the wall, so to speak, even though I don't think his seat is necessarily that hot. 
Or this can be the moment where, look, Mike Vrabel started to be a bit more like himself. He's willing to maybe listen to people inside that building that he wasn't willing to listen to before, you know, based on this response. It, it It's surprising to me a little bit, but um, it, it is refreshing to see the real Mike Vrabel show up a little bit. I'm interested to see how you guys feel about this, but in my opinion, I thought that Mike Vrabel needed that moment today. He needed that moment weeks ago because there's, you know, whenever the camera pans to Vrabel after a bullshit false start or some of the some of the penalties that they've been having this season on a consistent basis, Vrabel's got his hands on his knees. He looks yeah, disappointed. It, yeah. He looks frustrated. He right. looks kind of like at times he's given up or just doesn't have any answers. Today, I think push back on that notion, right? Because there was some fire there, and it's week 18 against the Jags. It's a meaningless game. For Vrabel to have that kind of mindset and be that angry about where the team is at right now is important. Because at the end of the day, we got to face it. This team had set the bar high for themselves in the Mike Vrabel era. They won the division back-to-back. They've made the playoffs three times. Like, this is a franchise that is used to winning recently. And for them to have a bad year, and for Vrabel and this team to kind of just take it on the chin, not say much about it, just look frustrated, not really, not really look like you know what you know. You know how to fix it um, on the sidelines at times. I thought that this moment today is going to go a long way for Titans fans that were maybe frustrated with Vrabel because it does appear that you know obviously he's a human and this stuff's getting to him. Yeah, and I think too we've had so many callers that will watch his body language on the sideline and use that as evidence that he's off to New England or evidence. Yeah, that right, he's right. Finished in Nashville, like. If you go back and look at Mike Vrabel when this team earned the number one seed in the AFC a couple of years ago, he's having the exact same reactions. Like he, He's just not a guy that is going to show his emotion on his sleeve on the sideline. It, it, unless he's throwing a challenge fa- flag you know, uh, dramatically. It's about all you get from him. And it's a, it's a lot more cute, and the gifts are funny, yeah, right, and the, the right. memes are great when they're winning. But when they're not winning, it's, oh my God, you know, Mike Vrabel – it feels like he doesn't care about this team. He wants to move on. He wants to leave. Right. Whatever people are jumping, you know, the conclusions that people are jumping to. It, it There's a totally different outlook when the team is not having that success that we saw them have, you sure. know, years ago. I think the thing we're going to get here, guys, is we're going to have people who watch and talk about this team start to tell on themselves. Because you can't make the complaint that Vrabel looks lifeless on the sidelines and then get mad at him when he shows some life in a press conference. Right, because to right. me, the person that is doing both of those things just simply is tired of Mike Vrabel being the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And, we, you know, I've seen this going back to the college football analogy with Tennessee a lot, that it's hard to be boring and bad at the same time. And not only are the Titans bad, they are boring. Yeah. There is very little outside of the normal game script of what a Titans loss looks like that we're getting from a week-to-week basis other than a couple of Tajay Spears broken tackles. That's about it, right? <laughs> like, when you watch this offense, you're excited to see DeAndre Hopkins make really good catches. Will Levis maybe, you know, flick his wrist and throw it 50 yards. And then Tajay Spears just maybe break a couple of tackles for a 20-yard screen on a third and 24, right? Like, that's about it. So I, I sympathize with people that watch this team every week or are even paid to watch this team every week and are tired of it. I get it, right? You only have one more week. Cool. But you can't do the Vrabel is unemotional, he doesn't care, he's checked out, and then get mad at him when he is emotional. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing is just like you watch a game like Sunday where things go bad 
and then they just continue to spiral and get worse, and nothing changes. It was a very lifeless Titans team that we watched, and I think that's the thing that I know there's a lot, a portion of the Titans fan base that was rooting for that, that was rooting for the Titans right. to lose. Give me a better draft pick, and I, I'm just, I'm just looking for something to change, something to work. And after, you know, and I'm going to take it back to the last 23 games. I'm going to include the last seven games of last year because, uh, frankly, I think we give too much of a pass to Vrabel for the historic collapse that they had. Sure, injuries played into, uh, played a factor in it, but with what he showed us the previous two years with injuries, he showed us that he can coach around that. He can, he can get guys the next man up mentality. So all of a sudden, now we're going to use it as a convenient excuse for the collapse last year. All right, fine. Then you come into this year, fresh slate, and it's bad. It's it's arguably worse than those last seven games. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing to hang your hat on. I, and then you see Derrick Henry after the game on uh, on Sunday. And I don't know if how many people saw the clip of Derrick Henry. That was the most lifeless I have seen that human being since he arrived in Nashville when he was backing up uh, – um, What's his name? Uh, DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. Murray. DeMarco Murray. Thank you. I was, I was wanting to say DeAndre Hopkins, and that was <laughs> not it. Uh, so, and, and then it's, then you go to, and look, I'm not in the camp of Fire of Rapel. I'm very critical of him on Twitter, but uh, I mainly because I am very frustrated. I'm very frustrated with the product that we are seeing week in and week out. And from what I saw from the last seven games last year to the, this entire season this year is that when things go bad, I, I no longer trust Mike Vrabel to be able to change and to turn things around, which is one of the reasons why today was so f- refreshing. It wasn't the same old, same old, Oh, we need to, we need to, gotta we need coach to find, better, gotta play we better. need to, yeah, we need to find right. a way to, to do this. We need to find a way to do that. You've got one week left in the season, Mike, you, I, you, you don't have any time to find anything like it's, the season is done, and the fact that he showed us something that he was visibly frustrated, I like to see that. However, I'm also worried that, uh, you know, I don't want the Titans to to fire Frable, but I'm worried that if they bring him back next year and you start off 0-3, 0-4, 1-5, I don't trust this man anymore to be able to turn things around. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm alone in that, in that sentiment, but if things start off bad next season, I like, is there any hope that Rabel will have the wherewithal to turn things around? Or would that be the end? Would we see an in-season firing much like we saw with John Robinson last year? Well, I think the important question you have to ask in addition to that is what does Will Levis's development look like through five to six weeks of the 2024 season? Because if Will Levis is taking steps forward, you feel like you have a more explosive offense. You're not we're not talking about the same exact issues, right? Hey, the offensive line can't protect on a five step drop. The offensive line, unless you run for 120 plus yards has no chance of protecting the quarterback in the pass game because there is no threat of anything uh, in the pass game that's going to hurt you as a defense. I, I think at that point, maybe we're having a different conversation, but it, you know, it, it, it's an interesting point because it feels like Mike Vrabel in 2021 caught lightning in a bottle with guys who wanted to prove it and guys who wanted in, in Deontay Foreman and Demarcus Walker who were coming in here and wanted to earn an opportunity here knowing that 
yeah, they were brought off the street midseason and were becoming high-impact guys, that's likely going to earn you a place elsewhere. It's almost like that turned a bit more toxic in the 2023 season with a lot of players who were brought in on prove-it deals who, from the sense I get inside that building, are freelancing a little bit, are, are trying too hard, are pressing a little bit too much on that side of things to go elsewhere, right? There was less intention of, let me ball out here and let me be a part of this team so I can get a reward next season here, right? Like, I don't know where a guy like Aziz Alshire fits in that. I know certainly T.R. Tart fit in that conversation and in that category. And for some reason, in 2021, guys that were here on prove-it deals were fitting into the system, were fitting into the scheme. And I don't know why or when that shift happened, but it's almost like now those fits are not as advantageous for the Titans. It, it might work for you know, a Sean Murphy bunting who could go get a spot elsewhere. But it, it feels like at moments you get the sense that Jeffrey Simmons has spoken about it. And and I was in London when he talked about it there specifically of like, we've got guys that just want to do their own thing and, and don't want to be here. And that was the game T.R. Tart traveled and then wasn't available injury wise. I think you can put two and two together on, on what Jeffrey Simmons is speaking about there. And heck, I think even Arden Key had a bit of an adjustment period in order to figure out, all right, you know, yes, I'm the loud Atlanta guy, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to make plays in the preseason. But how does that fit in rush lanes when you've got C.J. Stroud trying to escape the pocket, right? And you've got mobile quarterbacks that, if you get too far upfield to try to make a big play and to earn that next contract, what are you leaving behind you? And and Christian Fulton the same way, right? And Mike Vrabel, what was it, the indie game when Vrabel talked about that, saying we've got too many eyes in the backfield trying to focus on interceptions, just tip the ball. Just deflect the football, and it was the double move in that game that ends up costing the Titans late. There's a lot of that going on, and and I'm curious to see if that problem is solved by bringing in players on longer-term contracts this offseason. You're going to have to draft two offensive linemen that can start for this franchise for the next five years in, in this specific draft class. If you really want to take a step forward there over the next couple of seasons, it, it's a long answer to your question, Austin, but I think... Those are the questions that I need to see answered to at least see some kind of progress that Mike Vrabel can still be the guy to take a guy on a one to two year contract and turn him into someone who not only wants to get a bigger deal, but fits in that bigger contract here. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's a great point because, you, you know, you bring in guys that are on one year deals and they're thinking, OK, I'm looking for a job anywhere. Well, not necessarily here. And if this team's not having success, it probably is looking elsewhere to get a team. Whereas if you bring in a guy on a two, three year deal, you say, okay, look, I'm here for the long haul. Like I'm here for the next few years. I want to see this team win. You almost have more of an investment into the team. It's like buying into a company or something rather than, right. you know, just buying stock that you can buy and trade, uh, you know, with the wind. Yeah, certainly. And I think where that gets tricky now is, at wide receiver and, and offensive line, because, I mean, obviously, those are the two needs that are most glaring going into the offseason, and one of them is easier to fix in free agency than the other. I'm of the opinion you got to draft an offensive line in order to be successful in this league, and you look at the, all the top offensive lines of the NFL. Go to Detroit. Every single one of them is homegrown. I mean, go to Philadelphia. Jason Kelsey's a bit of an anomaly there, and Lane Johnson's don't grow on trees, and Jordan Mailata is is the anomaly at that yes. position and being a sixth round tackle that didn't play a lot of football who just picks up, you know, offensive lineman tape and decides that he's going to be, you know, an incredible left tackle. So it, th that's a little bit of an anomaly, but across the league, like Atlanta, 
Indianapolis, like all these teams are drafting linemen and they suck as rookies. Like Andrew Thomas for the New York Giants was a dreadful rookie left tackle out of Georgia for New York. And now he's grading out as one of the best left tackles in football because you just kind of have to let those guys marinate. And that is why I, I do think that Andre Dillard was a bargain price at left tackle. It doesn't look like it when you look at the number. It doesn't. It, it was the wrong decision. I'm not excusing Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel for for making that decision, but ultimately, it is going to take about two to three cycles to to fix that offensive line. The difference is now you either got to develop a Jalen Duncan, you got to develop somebody else there because nobody has been developed in that offensive line room um, since it feels like you know, Brad Hopkins and Taylor Lewan. Like uh-huh, it just, yeah. you can count on one hand, the amount of linemen that came in. You're like, huh, they're not that great. And then three years later, it's like, oh, wow, they, they got better. Like Nate Davis got better. He's also now a Chicago bear. So what are you going to do about that? Right? So that is now the step the Titans have got to be in. You've got to develop a guy that's not very good right now or sign someone who is. And guys are going to know how much cap space the Titans have. I think that's the thing that people have to remember. And Ramon Foster has talked about this a ton on our show. If you go into negotiation with a guy who knows that you have the most cap space of anyone in the National Football League, you have to pay a tax for that to that player because that player knows you can afford to pay them. And you've got to be a little bit of, uh, a little bit creative to understand how you make that cap number works because if you go to T. Higgins and say, you know, what's it going to take to bring you here? His people are going to say, we know how much money you have. Yeah. It's going to take you a heck of a lot more than it's going to take Kansas City or are going to take Buffalo or, or a team like that. And it, it is a risk to come to the Titans as a wide receiver, as we've seen over the last two decades. Yes. Yeah, really you know, any position, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And on the, on the, I want to put a bow on this offensive line talk and get to the Levis situation here because I think on the other side of the coin, you saw the Cincinnati Bengals have a terrible offensive line. That Joe Burrow's rookie year, he gets hurt. What do they do? They go out and spend all sorts of money in free agency. What happens? He gets hurt again because that new offensive line that they paid too much money to can't protect their quarterback. So I, I like I like what you're saying. I, I do believe that you build through the draft on the line. But the other hot-button issue this week was obviously Will Levis. He started um, after missing the game against Seattle. Comes in, doesn't even last a quarter before he gets hurt behind an offensive line who fans know cannot protect this rookie quarterback. And it, it leads to a conversation and a debate. And I had this debate with Sam Phelan on the A to Z Sports postgame show was that if Will Levis plays next week, or plays, I guess, this week against the Jags, it's an ultimate failure on the Titans' part. Because you know for a fact that Will Levis is banged up heading into that game. You've seen it, and you just dodged a bullet. You're lucky that he just got his foot stepped on, right? This could have been an AC problem in his shoulder. This could have been an ACL in his knee. This could have been something that really hinders his development and sets him back a couple of months this offseason but they got lucky because a bullet whizzed by your ear. What happens when a bullet whizzes by your ear? You find shelter. I think the Titans should shelter Will Levis this last week. But on the other side, Will Bowling, if the Titans hired you today and Will Levis walked up to Coach Will Bowling and I he said, hey, Co-, he said, Coach Will Bowling, <laughs> I am healthy enough to play on Sunday against the Jags. I want to go out there and ruin their season, win a divisional game, which, by the way, if the Titans lose on Sunday – That'll be the first time since 1982 they get swept in the division, which is unacceptable, but that's, it's, that's pathet- the reality it's that we're facing. Yeah, it is. It is pathetic. But if you're the coach and Will Levis comes up to you and says, Coach, I can play on Sunday. Let's go knock the Jags out of the playoffs. Do you protect him from himself? Or do you say, you know what? 
He's a rookie. He still needs all the live reps he can get, even though the situation isn't necessarily a healthy one. How do you handle that? Well, first, I want to thank the Titans for hiring me. And, and first yes. of all, understand yeah. that this is finally the Titans pandering to Vols fans. So I really appreciate <laughs> Yes, yes, finally. That, enough uh, spit in the faces. Jeez. A Tennessee alumnus is finally a part. How, re- wait, real quick. This question comes from Jack Gentry. How do you feel about losing? <laughs> I, uh, I I stinking hate it. I freaking hate it. It's my it's my least favorite thing in the world. Uh, and and my college football team hasn't lost this year. So ultimately, that is why I'm being brought in to develop a winning culture. Um, and to maybe one day draft Nico Iamaliava uh, to be Ooh. a Tennessee Titan. I Ooh, had to get I, a Marcus Mariota part two. That's right. All right Coach Will Bowling, you're, you're getting too big picture on us, Coach Will Bowling. We got to focus right, on right, Jacksonville. Right, sure. Sorry, yeah, we got sure. Jacksonville. So one week at a time, league. Well, after I scold them for not drafting Hendon Hooker just because he was a ball, <laughs> I would decide to start Will Levis. I am. And to really? me, the comparison that I've used to this over the past couple months is kind of like when you trade in your car and you get a new one, right? You trade in a new car, brand new. You have no idea how to drive it. You have gone from an old pickup truck out of Texas with 200,000 miles on it, and you've got this brand new sports car. And you've got to figure out how to switch from a big pickup truck that, you know, you'd smell smoke when you drive up hills, and it barely got up there, and it rattled at stop signs. And now you've got this brand new sports car. It's tiny. You don't know how to park it very well. The last thing you would do is keep that car in the garage and not learn how to drive it and not get experience understanding. This is how I drive this new car that I've invested a lot of capital in, a lot of money in. I've traded in this old thing out of Texas, and now I'm ready to figure out how to drive something new. I think the way that Will Levis has to understand the way NFL defenses work, the way that this division works, and just what it's like to win a divisional football game is important right now. You think about the conversation we're going to have in the preseason in a couple of months. We will no longer be having the, is the starting quarterback finally going to play? Because the starting quarterback is going to play. And and it's for the same reason, right? Every rep that Will Levis can get to me at this point is invaluable. And, And yes, I understand that it's behind a bad offensive line. I understand there's the injury risk. You drive a new car, you drive with the risk that if you don't know how to drive it yet, you don't know where the blind spot monitor is, you've got a better chance of getting in a wreck driving a car that you have no idea how to drive than you do with one that you've driven you know, for, for 200,000 miles. That, that, to me, is where you are at, at this point. You go out there with the risk and understand that, look, we're going to take extra measures within our game plan to protect our quarterback, and we give him the throwaway or slide on sight and just turtle in the pocket you know, command as much as you can. But to me, he needs to know what it's like to win an AFC South football game. And the Titans need to win this game as well uh, for the exact same reasons. Yeah, it's a I'm, huge I'm, game. Like, this is a huge yeah. moment for Will Levis yeah. just simply because of what's on the line for the Jags. Right. right. And, and I, think, I think the more big game experience that Will Levis can get is great. But I will have to say, Coach Will Bowling, I, I want to put, put that Ferrari in the garage. There's too many potholes. No, 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 no. That is a loser take. That's a loser take. And I'm with I'm with uh, I'm with coach on this one because, <laughs> look, you rest your players w- in week 18 when you've already clinched uh, your your seed in the playoffs. Like when you know when and where you're playing in the playoffs, that's when you rest your players. You don't rest your players in week 18 when you are a five and ten football team or for what but, is it five and 11 five and 11 Rabel's already shelved so many of these stars right Jeffrey Simmons Christian Fulton all of these dudes the, that have but been those are guys those are guys those are guys who have already injured themselves to me and, and they're all veteran players too right 
like for Will Levis, you need like like coach said, yeah, you need as many reps as freaking possible. And it's if he gets hurt, you've got an entire offseason. If he worst case scenario, in my opinion, he like tears an ACL or if he blows an Achilles. Okay, he'll be back in six months. The season doesn't start for another nine months. Okay, so I like I don't understand why you're like, oh, we need to rest him and protect him. How does that make him any better? How does that make the Titans any better if you rest him just because you're preventing him for the chance of injury? It's kind of like the 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 Washington Texas game yeah. last night. People were like, why yeah. is Washington running the ball up late? You know, they and then here they do they they end up uh, losing their running back for the championship game. To me, it's like you don't go into a game thinking, "Oh, my guys are going to get injured." And if you go into the, if you go into a week thinking that, you shouldn't, you shouldn't work in football. Honestly, I hear you, but he does have two bad feet, right? Because his left ankle was banged up. That's why he missed Seattle. Now he's got a new right foot injury, which doesn't seem severe, by the way. No, I um, honestly, right. and I, I don't think if if there were stakes on the line, I think Will Levis would have been back in that game on Sunday. I, to me, I, it is, there is, if he gets hurt. If he hurts one of his bum feet already, he, he'll be back by September. That's a long time away. ACL yeah. injuries take six months nowadays. Uh, uh, freaking uh, 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 The Achilles, guy Ziegler is a great example of that. Achilles yeah, sprains right. take 74 days, according to Aaron Rodgers. All you got to do is listen to <laughs> dolphin sex noises. That's all. So, like, I'm just saying, like, and if Will Levis does that, like, if Will Levis pops his Achilles, I, I will – single-handedly go to Will Levis's house and just <laughs> the whole the whole six months if I need to. But I mean, that, it, you, you can't go into the game thinking that's going to happen. I, that's an amazing sound bite from you right there, Austin. <laughs> I, I think that, was the, too, that, was, that was too good. I'm like a little uncomfortable. Gonna let it breathe for a second. The, it, it, it's important for the Titans to win this game. It just is. I mean, th- think of last year when Jacksonville wins that game, the last game of the season, and the opportunity that gave Jacksonville to then be the darling team all offseason and to convince yes. themselves and convince all of us that the Jacksonville Jaguars were for real. And Trevor Lawrence yeah. was was that guy. Spoiler alert, he wasn't, and they yeah, weren't. They're, but they're up there with the Chiefs and the Bills and yeah. uh, amongst the AFC elite. We're having those conversations, and that becomes a more attractive place to play football in the free agent market because – Josh Dobbs fumbled and the Jacksonville Jaguars fumbled. I put in air yeah, quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the Jaguars returned it and, and won that game. You have the opportunity to keep Jacksonville from taking the next step as a franchise and allowing yeah. Trevor Lawrence to figure it out and have another defining moment as a quarterback in the playoffs, you know, in the AFC. That to me is more important than the odd chance that Will Levis gets a catastrophic injury. Yeah, Look, it's, I like, love, it's like I that love Always Sunny episode. It's like the Always Sunny episode, the cereal defense, where Dennis yep. spills his cereal in the car. Like you, you guys have swayed me. I'm, I'm gonna have to move my guy to the fence. I'm okay. not gonna lie. Like I, I would be okay with Levis starting now. All right, let's go. Let's, let's go. Revenge. Come on. Let's get right, look. Well, yeah, and that's what that's what look. Will Bowling in the last ten minutes has done more <laughs> motivating than I think Mike Vrabel has done in seventeen games. All because uh, all because the Titans pandered to Tennessee fans. So I want to thank Andy Adams Trunk. There is thank Coach Vrabel. No one is Tim ever. Kelly. No one is ever accusing the Tennessee uh, fan base as not having passion. That is well, for sure. Or receipts. All of the receipts. Will, that's right. I've got thirty seconds left. What's your okay. Titans New Year's resolution? Ooh. 
Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Have a first round pick that gets to a second contract. New Year's resolution. So oh, maybe steps. Okay. One of those New Year's resolutions we're not going to know about until what five years from now, four years yeah. from now. But does that include Peter Skaronsky? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Mm, All right. Let's uh, cop out. Let's cop out. <laughs> that was a twenty twenty three resolution. I don't know. This O-line, who knows? Who knows with this O-line? <laughs> Truly. Hey, Will, thank you so much for the time, man. Go take a nap. You're busy, and I apparently you're going to the Preds game tonight, so go get some rest, all right? Perfect. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right. Again, special thanks to Will Bowling. Always appreciate him and his insight. Uh, Jack. Jaguars game this week. I don't know. Was there to preview? Is there anything to preview? Nothing really to preview. Uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how this Titans it's, team wants to finish their season. This it, is the last chance they have to put a stamp on this season and to you know maybe ride into the off season with a little confidence. Not a lot of confidence, but a little confidence. I hope that they come out there and empty the tank against the Jags because the Jags would do it if the Titans if this situation was flipped. If the yeah. Jags wanted, or if the Jags were in a position where they weren't going to go to the postseason and the Titans needed to win to get in, the Jags would empty their tank. Are the Titans going to do that? That's what I'm most interested to see. Yeah, to me, um, I zombie movies and TV shows are so 2012. I'm so over them. I don't want to see another zombie uh, TV show. I don't want to see another episode of The Walking Dead on Sunday. Okay, I would like to see my Tennessee Titans, my favorite NFL football team, Go out and win a game. I want a good taste in your mouth. It, it, it feels like in college football when your team is not bowl eligible, but they go into that rivalry week in the final week of the season. Yes. If they can pull the upset. All right. I, I do not want to see an Arkansas Razorbacks who are not all bowl eligible go in and play the Missouri Tigers and lose 42 to 7. I, I just don't want to see it. Yeah, give me a Vanderbilt Commodores team who goes in and just starts fights with the Tennessee players. Yep. Give, yeah. give me, give me, but except, except win the game too, you know? Yes. Win the, yes. Also, also win the game. Show me some heart, but come away with a win. Ruin it, their season. You're, look, go. you're not, okay, If and if you're so worried about not getting Joe Alt or the other guy with the name who none of us can pronounce. Pashanu. Uh, see, even Great you. Great example. Uh, God bless you, honestly. Jack, I, I feel like if you, if the Titans want to get that person and they're picking eight and they think someone's going to get get him at five, the Titans will trade. I, I trust Rand Carthon. You know, we used to say in J-Rub, we trust. In Rand, we trust right now, all right? So don't think that the Titans winning this game is going to end their hopes of getting uh, rebuilding their offensive line. Things are going to work out in the offseason, no matter where they're picking, okay? So let's just all get a freaking win on Sunday, please. Let's go. Please I love it. follow A to Z Sports on all the social media accounts. Follow uh, at Titan Up Pod on Twitter. Follow at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, leave this podcast a four and a half star rating in your little uh, description. Say four and a half stars to the Titan Up idiots and 0.5 stars to Buck. And Jack, before we – oh, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Um, Jack, you got anything for the road? Show up on Sunday. If you have tickets, show up on Sunday. There's going to be some guys out there that are going to be playing their last game in two-tone Get blue. Get loud. 
for Show King up. Henry at, at least. I hope it's not his last game, but just get loud for him anyway. This isn't a meaningless game. Go show no, it's up. it's not. Play, play the Do what they did one. to us literally 365 days ago. Do Hunter's what so, they did to us. Hunter's so used to being that underdog, that lovable underdog. Let's go be the damn villain on Sunday. Let's go be the damn villain. I love it, Jack. That's a great way to get out of here. Because it sucks to lose. With all that said, until next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.